All right, we're in Philippians chapter 4. Turn with me there. Philippians chapter 4. The whole culmination of today's, our series is Think on These Things. And as you guys know, we're a participatory church. I want you guys to get engaged. I want you to hear the Holy Spirit. I want you to, to begin to uh, teach me as well. I just think it's a misnomer to think one guy's got all the revelations. So please engage tonight, okay? Last week, quick recap. We talked about what it means to not be anxious. You know, we have a world full of anxiety. We have a world filled with fear. We have people that are believers, especially believers, that are just so filled with with anxiety and fear. And the Bible says don't do that. Don't be that way. Don't operate in that character. Don't, oh, thank gummit. Peggy is with us, dear friend, Colin's mom. Come on, let's welcome her too. Woo! Like, Peg, I love her so much. So it's just you, right? Kent didn't come this time? All right. Cool. And we're not going to miss a beat. Don't be anxious. Don't be filled with fear. God commanded us not to live this way. And so we're culminating the book of Philippians. I want to just back up a little bit and give you a little bit more context. One of the, one of the problems in our church today is we contextualize Scripture. We take a little bit of here, and we take a little bit there, and we try to put, put, put together a philosophy or theory or um, a theology and uh, that was uh, created by a guy named Darby years ago, and it's sort of not the right way to teach the Bible. You've got to teach the Bible in full context. So let's back up a little bit. Paul, one of his last letters he's writing, he's in prison, he's about to be executed. I, I, want, you, I want you to feel the love that he has for this church. This, this is like my love for you, okay? Probably deeper level. This isn't a pastor, this is a father, Okay, you tracking with me? He he has such a fatherly heart for these people, such a deep, deep, rich ex- relationship with these people. He loves them ardently, and sometimes we don't always see that side of Paul. Right? We're like, he's a sort of a weird, hard apostle, but this guy really, truly, truly loves people with all of his heart. When his transformation came on the road to, Emmaus, uh, on the road to uh, kill Christians, he was transformed. He was knocked down, blasted out, blinded. God said, I'm going to blind you to the ways you used to operate in, and then I'm going to open your eyes to the ways you need to operate in. I'm setting you free from yourself so you can go set Gentiles free. Isn't that good? So Paul's got this deep desire to, to passionately not plant megachurches, not do great marketing plans, not to, you know, do the smokes and screens and lasers and snowflakes. He just wants to disciple God's people. He has such a rich, rich desire to teach them the ways of Christ. That this person that transformed him while he was on his way to kill the very people he was now set out to save. In chapter 4, he's wrapping it up. 4 verses 1 through 5, he says, guys, solve your problems together. Come together in unity, right, Paul? Come together in unity. I beseech you, don't let disunity break this beautiful body up. Don't do it. Then he says, don't be anxious. Now, why, would, why do you think he'd say that? Because the church, they know him as a father. They are anxious for him. They're like, dude, you're in prison. You're in Rome. You are not going to live. We don't want to see that happen to you. And he's like, guys, chill. Don't worry. We got this. God is in control. Don't be anxious for me. Don't be anxious for anything. But in everything, with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known under God. 
I know some of us so deeply deal with anxiousness and fear and anxiety. And we're so scared that something bad is going to happen. We, there's a proverb that says some people can't go outside because they're afraid it's going to rain. And some people say they can't go outside because there's a lion at the door. I can't plant my crops today because it might rain. Those people are paralyzed with fear. And we in the church have not Bear with me. I don't know that you're all going to agree with this. We have not taught that you can be free from that. We've taught you that you can manage it. Right? Right? Or like, so you really can't ever be really free from fear. You can just anesthetize it and you can manage it. Teresa and I were talking today, you know, I work at Focus on the Family and a lot of what we do is just send people to counseling, 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 counseling. And there's nothing wrong with counseling. Sometimes We need an objective opinion to look inside of our situation and to give us tools and guidance that we need. I love it. Trust me. I'm for it. I love it. How many of you know sometimes we can get addicted to counseling? And we we talk and we're like, why why do we even have counselors? And one of the things, one of the things, not the entire thing, but one of the things is probably the breakdown of the family. Dads teaching their sons. Mamas teaching their sons and daughters. Daddies loving on their daughters saying, you're beautiful. You're awesome in such a pure and beautiful way. See, these things don't get rooted inside of us. When they don't get established as young people, we begin to doubt who we really are in Christ. And he calls you beautiful. He calls you blessed. He calls you his own. He calls you his workmanship. He calls you his creation. He calls you his lover. He calls you his friend. And so many times we forget who we are. So we live in the spirit of fear. And even our churches have said, hey, okay, well, we're going to have fear. Yeah, no, 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 we're going to have fear. We'll help you manage your way through it. And sort of here's some drugs and here's some herbal tea and some fish oil. I don't know, whatever. You know, we're like throwing stuff at people. Like, no, do you know you can be free from this? There's a weird, I'm weird. I really am. I don't really have a lot of fear. People ask me, what's your greatest fear? that I won't have any coffee in the morning. I'm just kidding, right? I mean, I don't, you can ask Teresa, yes, my family. I really don't, and sometimes that's to my demise, right? We get a 47-year-old on a mountain bike going down a mountain with Colin. I should have a little bit of fear. Actually, I'm terrified. <laughs> oh my God, I'm gonna die. Paul says you don't have to live this way. Matter of fact, he's commanding, be anxious for nothing. Don't live this way, and don't worry about me. I got this. So why? How? How? How does the Bible set us free from fear? Here we go. I love this word. Finally, brethren, verse 8. Finally. Isn't, can you feel Paul sort of bringing this all to a culmination, right? Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are noble, honorable, Whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. Everything we've been talking about comes to this verse. <sighs> Paul, finally. Finally, you, if you live in this spirit of constant anxiety and fear, and look, I, I'm not, I am not for one moment diminishing the reality of that, okay? I'm not. I'm actually acknowledging it. 
I know that we even as believers, I'm not the kind of pastor that would say, oh, because you have Jesus, you should have no fear, right? I'm just not going to say that because we deal with it. We still have a fallen nature. We still have, a, have a, that constant already not yet in our spirit, right? So you're going to deal with that. It's just part of the growth process. But I'm telling you, you don't have to live under its rule. You don't have to live under its pressure. You don't have to live under its control. Teresa and I know someone very close to us is absolutely controlled by fear. And this fear paralyzes this person to the point of not, not even going, not, won't even answer the door. Well, what if it's a robber? Are you kidding me? Well, what if it's somebody to murder me? I don't think anybody knows you live here. You're not that important. <laughs> We, we don't have to live this way. Verse 9, the things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me do. And the God of peace will be with you. Gosh, feel the culmination that's finally coming to a head, right? God's saying, uh, Paul's saying, look, guys, I taught you. I was with you. I hung out with you. I was your father. Right? I'm not just your pastor. I'm not just an apostle. I'm not just a guy who blew into town and you know, shook you up and you know, threw a party. I'm a guy that invested my entire life in you. So how did I live? I lived free from fear. How did I do it? I thought. I turned the noise down. And I began to think on things that would allow those things to take authority in my mind over the anxiety that could have ruled my life. Here's a guy on his way to his deathbed, right? Or his death chamber and whatever. And he's not anxious. He's not fretting. Remember the word we use to describe Jesus in an unhurried life? Relaxed. I think we see the same characteristic in Paul. Talk to me tonight. The first thing I want to talk about is think. Think. What? What do you hear when you hear the word think? Okay. Okay. Somebody else. It's good. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. It's good. It's good. It's a great word, reconcile. Carl. Hmm. 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 Yeah. good. That's good. I like that word. Reconcile, centering, uh, focus. He's really, really good. Somebody else. Go, babe. Go ahead. 
That's a great word too, ponder. That's a really good word. Babe. good yeah 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 it's good Tim mm. that's good Tim said you're not speaking when you're thinking you're not worried about being heard Colin it's good Tim yeah yeah Yeah, yeah. It's good. It's good, Rach. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's good. That's really good. Sometimes when you're thinking to your point, Colin, you know, you want to slow down and there's an opportunity for us to empty ourselves out of falseness, right? But what needs to replace that is the truth. The truth needs to replace that falseness. If nothing replaces that, you'll run right back to the opportunity for the enemy to fill your mind with doubt and fear and anxiety. But if you stop long enough and you turn the noise off and you stop listening to the lies of the enemy, okay, where do we find the truth? As Pontius Pilate probably asked the greatest question that was ever asked of Jesus, what is truth? David, you had something? Are you just yeah. giggling? I was just I was looking at the picture there and, and thinking about the light. Yeah. The idea of, you know, you're saying you have to get truth. Yeah. I was just thinking when the idea of when we have an idea, that picture of we have a light bulb that goes on over your head, whatever. Yeah. But that idea of light and truth, you know, invading our minds and pushing out the lies and the darkness. And I think it's interesting, <clears throat> something I've even experienced very recently, the idea that it's one thing to think about the things that we know are true. It's another to actually move your feet from the rock you are standing on to the rock of the truth. To where instead of those truths just being ideas, mm-hmm. it's actually at the core of what you truly believe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Absolutely. One, I feel like you can still live in fear and stand on a rock of fear. And you can think about those, the light ideas, the good ideas. 
fully believe it, not fully understanding it. So good. Just, just thinking to myself the difference that I've experienced. Great tension point, yeah. So good. Somebody else. What, where, do we, where do we get truth? Catherine, I'm sorry, you had a comment before. That's good. Right, right. Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's good. So good. Yeah. 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 So good. So good. Love it. I, I was uh, speaking with a, a caller the other day, and they they had said, um, you know, I've lost my way. I've lost, I've listened into the lies of the enemy. And, and I remember the verse, John 14, 6, right? It used to be this huge salvation verse, and now it's, now it's more like rooted in the very person of God. Jesus said, I am, I am the way, the truth, and the life, right? He, Jesus, is truth. And so what we have to do then is reference our lives back to, as Paul said, you've watched me do what I've done. I mean, what, man, my prayer as a father is to tell my children, you've watched me, now do as I've done. I mean, I haven't always gotten it right. Trust me, uh, my kids will know. They, they know, and I, and I screw up, and I repent, and our family comes together, but they see the repentance too, they see, they see the humility, too. They see where I've said, guys, I blew that one. And my family will come together and cry and we'll hug each other and, you know, go eat pizza or something. But truth is the character of God, right? In Him, there is no lie. In Him, there is no falseness. In Him, now, I, I, and I remember saying, well, just go to the Word and find out what Jesus says about you. Yes, that's, that's awesome. It's good. But the character of God, and please don't take this the wrong way, is so much bigger than His book. I know, I know, I'm a good Baptist kid, man. I was groomed and trained and lived this thing. But I've learned the character of God is so much richer. Now, we're not going to get off in weirdness and set our hairs on fire and you know, say that there's space aliens coming to rescue us. But what I'm saying is we just have to learn and lean and develop a relationship with the Father through the silence, through the meditation. There, To your point, Catherine, for me, the person who wakes up at 4 o'clock in the morning, looks at his phone and starts checking emails, my 
attitude has to be, Father, I need to rest in you today. I need to learn and practice. Here's, here's a characteristic we don't get in this Western Americanized church, meditation. Paul is telling you one of the missing keys, and, I, and guys, I'm convinced of this, if you'll just turn off the noise and sit in silence, the Lord will teach you more in a moment than you can learn at a four-year university. If you'll just learn, and it is hard because we are bombarded with light, sound, noise, static, everything. We're bombarded with it nonstop. But if we could learn and, and begin to implement meditation into our life, you turn the TV off, you turn the, the, the talk shows off, you turn the radio off, you turn the sports off, you turn the noise down, you just sit in silence and say, I feel very uncomfortable right now. This is stupid. And what's the first thing that comes to your mind? I'm hungry. <laughs> Sorry, a little peek into my world. <laughs> what's the fr- but you're like, all right, I don't know, I don't know. Give it a chance. Listen, as Catherine said, you can learn it. You practice it. You begin to meditate. You begin to slow your life down. You begin to simplify. You begin to get rid of the distractions that are cheating you out of a full life. Paul. Yeah, yeah. But then the realization of, of, of power that I have because Jesus lives within me, that's where you have the power to, and I feel like we should do it, is we have the power to, if, if you're overwhelmed by fear, you can say, fear, go now in Jesus' name. Mm-hmm. And that fear is going to run from you. Mm-hmm. Right? And then what you got to do is you also got to protect your heart. You got to ask the Lord, what is the truth right. that, I'm letting, that I'm letting fear mask? Right, right. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Moments, yeah. Outside, yeah. Yeah. So good because the truth is you have all authority, right? So we used to do this thing at uh, my other church. It was talking about fact versus truth, right? And the fact is you're scared to death. The truth is you have authority over fear. The fact is, you might be dealing with a sickness, let's say, but the truth is, you're healed ultimately in Jesus Christ. You know, the facts are, your family might be broken apart and destroyed, and you have no idea what direction you're going in, but the truth is, the Lord directs your step and has a plan for your life from the beginning of of time. You see the difference? And this is where we get confused with fact and truth. You You can actually acknowledge fact, as long as it doesn't surpass truth. You can acknowledge that you're sick in your body. You need to. But you also need to take the authority and let the truth trump 
fact. Does that make sense? So I say this all, we say this all the time. The truth is, we're broke. The fact is, God called to this and will supply all of my needs according to his riches and mercy. See the difference? The fact is, I'm at odds with my wife. The truth is, he's called us into unity and I will work through. Are you tracking with me? So you begin to meditate on that. Whatsoever things are true. What is truth? It's a very character of God. Watch. So we have, we're so scared to say what? We're, oh yeah, we're so, well, we're also so scared to say, watch me. Right? Because we have said, no, no, I don't follow man. I follow God. Okay, yes, amen and amen. But somebody has to be the hands and feet of God on the planet. And if we're not doing it, how are we going to learn? How are we going to learn to love each other truly and purely? How are we going to learn to sacrificially give and to serve one another out of a, of a pure heart? How are we going to do it unless we stink and do it? We have to. Just because we have to. We have to. I have to look at your life and go, I want to be like her because she looks like Jesus to me. And, I'm, and you shouldn't be afraid of that. Follow me. Do what I did and, and do what I taught you. Because I did it the best of my ability to, to reflect Jesus. Josiah, go ahead. Yeah. It's good, man. Oh, so good. Josiah, if you didn't hear, he said, dive into the hands of God and have a conversation with him. And then he'll guide you and teach you the things of life. Hmm. 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 Yeah. 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 So good. Yeah. So good. Listen. Psychologists say it takes 100,000 positive words to do one negative word. Think about that. How many, I would love to hear, if you're bold enough, to hear some negative things spoken over your life. Anybody bold enough to say that? Go. Oh, sorry. I misinterpreted. Oh, oh. No, don't, you don't have to say it. Yeah. Sure. I mean, I've had, I've had pastors over me tell me to my face, you're not a 
Oh my gosh. Okay, so I see in David one of the most incredible pastoral leaders I've ever met in my life. Isn't that amazing? The very thing that is true about you, the enemy will use a false lie against and try and destroy the very thing you were created for. Right, Mark? You are going to be a successful businessman. There's something inside of you, that tenacity to keep going and keep going and keep going. And I know words have been spoken over your life that you're going to fail, that it's not going to work. You just need to go get a job and, and provide for your family. That's the right thing to do. That's a responsible thing to do. True, right? Or fact. The truth is, God's put a desire in your heart to begin a business, not only for yourself and your family, but to disciple other young men along the way as well. That's the truth. I don't know, man. I don't know if I can do it. Yes, you can. Is that in your heart to do? God put the desires in your heart. He's the one who gave you your wanter. He's the one who planted it in there. Does that make sense? Your wanter. Well, God is going to give me my desires. No, He's not. He's going to give you your wanter. He's going to give you what you, what the wanter. So I want this. Well, that must be from the Lord. It's my wanter. It's this cool word. I wonder, somebody else, anybody got a word that, that this is so good? Something negative spoken over your life. Oh my gosh. Mm hmm. Right, right, exactly. I was just thinking the same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's not true. Exactly. And I would just say, Josh, I have always seen you as that teacher, that, that educator, that guy that's going to be able to, to form minds. And to do that, you've got to use the words coming out of your heart. So isn't it amazing that the very thing Josh is truly gifted in, and he is gifted, he thinks differently, he speaks differently, he sees things others don't see, he's a teacher, he can form minds of people around him actually change opinions of people that used to be staunch in one way and now have moved to another. I can attest to that as one of the great influencers of my life in 2016. Challenging me in the way I think. That doesn't always happen. Teachers do that. The very thing he was told he couldn't do is the very thing you're called to do. Anybody else? Truth, fact. Paulie. Hmm. Really? Cool. What? Yeah. 
And I just heard a word. Thank you. You're right. I just heard a word for you. It's, it's be sober, be vigilant, for the enemy is seeking whom he may devour. He's looking for the weak ones. Paul, you sober people up. You say, look, we've got to pay attention. We can't go to sleep. You've got to be on guard. You've got to watch your back. You've got to guard your heart. You've got to, con- you've got to love your wife. You've got to stay pure. You've got to put the porn away. You've got it, you've got it, you've got it, you've got it. You're the guy. Yeah, you're, you're joking all the time, but mostly. But when your message comes out, it's let's get sober, men. Let's get, yeah, serious. Well, sober too. You know, you can't be, <laughs> I can't do that. No, be sober, be vigilant. I love this, guys. This is so good for us. I used to look at my name, Lonnie. I mean, who, who, who names their kid Lonnie? And then spells it with a Y. Your mother, yeah. Thank you, Melissa. Actually, my dad named me. I said, Dad, why in the world would you name me Lonnie? And then spell it with a Y. You didn't even spell it right. Yes, Catherine. You know why? Go ahead. Okay. Oh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> Good point. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Amen. I received that. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Um, my, my thought was every time I saw my name, I saw loser. Um, I'm just telling you my experience, right? I mean, I've been healed from that. But I see a guy who can't complete anything. I'm the emotional guy. I'm the rest of the cars trying to jump in front of the cuckoo, the, the, the <laughs> locomotive, you know, that guy jumping off a cliff into two inches of water. Woo! Let's go. You know, my wife is a locomotive slowly. I think I can. I think I can. I think I can. She's Thomas the train, and I'm like the bulldozer, you know, running over stuff. And anyway, I got, Lord really revealed to me who I truly was in him. And I I promise you guys, we can say 100,000 affirming words. You're a leader. You're awesome. You're beautiful. But until the Father makes that known to you, you'll always struggle with your identity. See, I'm not your creator. I can't define you. Uh, your wife is not your creator. Come on, somebody. She can't define us, men. She's going to affirm you. Men, you can't define your wife. You can affirm her. You can love her. You can call her to life. But there's only one person that is called your creator that can tell you the true nature of who you are. And how does it happen? Think. Slow down. Dive into his hands. Let him teach you. Let him minister to you. Let him tell you all the mysteries of who you are, because you are beautiful. God, guys, listen, you, you'll say, oh, you're just a pastor, and that's Paul, and he's a prophet, and it's Colin, he's, he's a he's a apostle, and you guys are supposed to say that stuff. You know, no. We're just hearing from the Father. What I heard tonight for you, Paul, the sober, first time I've ever spoken that in public or any time to you, isn't it? Because you are. You're called to that. Josh, first time I think I've ever said, I see in my mind, my spirit, you teaching young lives, molding, shaping them. I see it. 
You guys have got to undo the lies that the enemy has spoken to your life. The very thing, Harlan, you're called to this, to develop young leaders. You're just called to it. And the very thing that you're called to gets attacked through, through something, through some sort of misfire or, or a bridge that hasn't been built yet to the truth of who you truly are. But you know what? It's years of somebody speaking lies over you. Brother, you are the most amazing, gifted trainer of leaders. Guys, you need to go to Goodwill, follow him around for about a half an hour, and watch how his staff responds to him. Bro, you don't even know what you're doing, and you're doing it. It just emits out of you like sweat. You're just natural. So you're a sweaty, beautiful, awesome leader. <laughs> I love it. Guys, listen. Until you get in touch with the who, you'll never know who you are. You have to. You have to. So rich, guys. Uh, we just got the true. Noble. Just, I love the word just because it's not revenge. It's setting things back the way they should be. So these are things we need to, can you guys just do me a favor? This week, take Philippians chapter four, put it into context, put it all together, and then read verse eight, read verse nine, read verse seven. Put it all together, meditate on it. This is my, this is my challenge for you tonight. It's not, hey, let's all, you know, slap demons out of you. No, listen, if you just learn to sit and listen, I promise you, you'll do more. God will do more transformative work in your life than any pastor, prophet, teacher, leader could ever do in the hyped up service that we've all been a part of. You could say amen, it's okay. We need to learn our word. We need to learn how to sit and think and Find out truth. Colin. Right. Hmm. Mm. Wow. Yeah. You know, Colin, I, I, uh, and I think everybody would have, would attest to this is there, there is a beauty about you that you haven't even discovered yet. I'm, I'm telling you, external, yes. I think you're a beautiful man. I, isn't he? Thank you, Harlan. Uh, I'm telling you, he, I, but, but that's just external, right? And that comes from a, a pure heart, but there's also a beauty inside of you that can see things differently, see things through, think things through. Let your mind and your wisdom lead first. I always see you as a man of wisdom. I mean, from, the, from the time I prayed for you at South Lake. And I said, you're a Timothy. You're, remember that? I'll remember that for the rest of my life. You're about 15 or 16 years old. 
And I laid my hands on you and said, this man is a Timothy. He is a, a young man learning, desiring to grow in the Lord. And I, I'm not the first one to say that. But to your point, we could say that a million times, but until that is affirmed by your creator, you'll still struggle with who you are. It's amazing. Boom, 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 three. Carl, Teresa, Paul, go ahead. Good. Because I speak out of a wounded heart. I speak out of the, the, the call, you know, just different things. Just having a parent who never, ever, ever said it is good, mm-hmm. good mm-hmm. or affirmed the positive. It takes time and it takes effort. And the only way your child will ever, uh, not the only way, sorry, but the only way that they, your child will come to their Heavenly Father for affirmation is that they've heard it. It's good. Or they've heard it from you as moms, or I mean everything, but just somebody in the house taking that authority to speak that affirmation all over. It's good. Because if you don't, the curses of the enemy become the apple that they think are apple. Yeah. Teresa. Yeah. 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 Hear that, ladies. If you're looking to your husband to do for you what the Creator was designed for you to do, you will always set him up for failure, and you will always be disappointed, always, and blame him for what you don't even know what you're blaming him for. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. He has to do it. Yeah. I think to, 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 to Carl's point, if it's modeled well for us, Absolutely. We as fathers, we can model that well, but there has to be a point when our young people and our kiddos have to find it for themselves. And that's that letting go and, hey, take your journey, go, go, go hunt. I don't want to rob that from you. Paul, we'll wrap it up. Yeah. 
Sure. And so make sure you're looking through that magnified grace. It's good. It's good. When you when you touched on that, Paul, you touched on something briefly, but I, it caught my spirit. And I think, and let's just close with this. What I think when you're alone, and we're learning this on Tuesday nights, is you're faced with you. When you're alone, you're faced with just you. And that's scary as hell. When you're looking at you and you're looking at your life and your relationships and the, all of it, but until you can face you and come to the realization that you are beautiful in God's sight. You are perfect, actually, in God's sight. You're made in His image. You're beautifully mastered and created you're absolutely stunning. I don't even have a, the right word for it. Until we can get to that place when I looked at my name and I saw me for the first time, the way God saw me, I was undone. Teresa can tell you, I became a new creation. I think I was saved at seven. I think I really got saved at about 28 right? After youth pastoring and after leadership and missions and all this stuff, I really came to realize who Jesus really was and that he, this will blow you away, he chose you. You, you uh, tell me a lot about quiet times, going up the mountains, looking at towers, just that silence, that you have to. You got to find it. You have to make it a priority, friends. You just do. You just got to sit. And I'm not saying you got to go sit on Mount Hermon somewhere. You know, uh, you can sit in a, in, in, in a place, a coffee shop, a, a front porch, a back porch, a patio, somewhere where you just allow the noise to cease. Thank you guys for being here tonight. I, can you introduce yourselves? Because I just feel like I'm supposed to pray for you. Go ahead. Hey, Ryan. Brian is, uh, oh, Brian, sorry. Wow. Okay. All right, come on. Sarah's my daughter. Hey, Sarah. Oh, my gosh. Well, cool. Well, now I see it. It's all coming together. All right. Hey, Dan. This is my wife, Kathleen. Hey, Kathleen. Sarah's mom. Yes. <laughs> hey, Leah. Good to have you here, guys, tonight. Man, it's so, so, so rich to have you here. I just felt the Lord just say, pray for them. They're, they're on a journey. And uh, let's just, can we just pray together for them tonight? Father, I pray for Dan and his family. Lord, I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would take this journey that they're on. I just see this picture of you guys navigating a whitewater rapid. And it's scary. And you're, you're, you're just, you're not filled with fear, though. You're confident in the guide who's behind you. And you listen to his voice when he says, paddle, get your paddles out of the water, hang on. You just listen to that guide. I feel like the Lord also said that just after the rapids are beautiful places of calm, places where you can take your raft, you can beach it, you can sit with your family, enjoy a meal, sit with the master, learn his ways. Father, I pray now that this white river rapid that these folks are on, God, that you would guide them, direct them, be their guide, 
as their ears are tuned to hear you. And I pray for Brian. God, I pray that you would just continue to heal him in this process, Father. Thank you for Brian's life. Thank you for the testimony that he is. Thank you for the story that has yet to be completed about him, written by your hand, threaded through this tapestry of his life, Lord, is this thread of grace, this beautiful golden thread that is completely and utterly of your hand and your doing. Use what the enemy tried to kill this young man with for your glory, God, and our good. We bless you and your family tonight, Dan, in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you guys. Thank you for being here. All right, stand with me, guys. Let me bless you all in Jesus' name. Father, good evening, Lord. It's a great night. What a beautiful family. This community is so rich. I looked at Paul tonight, and I said, this is so real and so rich. And we're turning the corner, guys. Guys, I just bless you. Keegan, I bless you. and your, Keaton, sorry. You and your family, I bless you guys in your young journey. Hang in there. God's got you. It's a crazy ride, but he's got you. You're right where you need to be. Bless you guys in Jesus' name. Let the house fall upon you. What I mean by that is let the blessing of this house, this church, fall upon you. This church is wealthy in wisdom and, and, and gifting, soon to be in resources as well. But you just got to be patient. Be patient. God will bring it all in his time. All right.